Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Happy Fun Times. It is episode 17. And today I am going to be here with Raz number two, one of my greatest friends of all time. He, he also saw me go through puberty and I saw him go through puberty and I'm like, damn, he is a hottie. <laughs> I'm here with Jeremiah. <laughs> Jeremiah. Hi. Hi. I am definitely not a hottie, but thank you. He's a hottie. He's just really humble. <laughs> I can't Jay. believe you said Raz number two. Okay, but who I came first, though? <laughs> You're the first. <laughs> Me. Okay, okay. Technically, Raz number one. Podcast number yeah. two. <laughs> yeah. But how are you? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, literally just been working in school. Are you still in? Are you still in finals? No, actually, finals isn't. Um, finals isn't until I believe two weeks from now. Damn. So yeah, so it's still. I still have like regular class and stuff, and then I believe the first week of June is finals week for us. So, not there yet. I wish so I could be done with it already. Girl, I <laughs> I did my finals like a week ago and my brain went to hibernation mode throughout this whole week. Like, I didn't realize how fatigued my body was until I realized I didn't have anything to turn in anymore. And my body just like slept for like 15 hours straight. <laughs> yeah. It was your first, so this was your first week just completely like free, like no school, nothing to do, right? Yeah, kind of. I mean, I technically, had to... like with like those kind of obligations. Yeah, technically. Like with that, kind, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I just, I was a little busy because I, I said to myself, okay, who needs their final to be done in exchange for cash? So. I did some other finals that weren't mine, and I oh. got a lot of money for it. <laughs> hey, you got the bag and you finished school. Where's the complaints? I mean, that is a little, that, 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 that's probably like really taxing on you, but at least, at least you got some like extra cash. How much did you charge for like final? Okay, so I said to myself that for each page that I do, I they have to give me like 10 bucks. Right, and I had like a good three people. So in total, I had like, maybe like approximately 250 bucks within this week. I paid you right for them, oh my God. Yeah, no, it was, it was fun. I just like, there were a lot of like interesting topics, but I'm not gonna speak like very candid about it because like, shh, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you know, just those like extra things. Cause mama, I need cash. I need to like yeah. find more work. She a hustler. What can we say? Stop. And got to get that client, that client confidentiality. Mm-hmm. First things are essays. Next step is drugs. I'm kidding. I mean, there you go. Actually, okay, I can't say that in the podcast. No, wait, but... not on here. <laughs> not on here. Yeah, but... not on here. We talk later. <laughs> we'll talk later. We'll talk later. Yeah, of course. But like, speaking of work, you actually had work today. You work at Starbucks. Yeah, I actually didn't have work today. I was I was just running errands. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, I do work at Starbucks. It's it's fun. I like it more than I like it more than I feel like I should, and less than I thought I would. <laughs> if that makes sense, I like it less than I thought I would initially, but I like it more than I probably should. Um, for like a minimum wage job. That was such a paradox, right there. It's like a love hate relationship. <laughs> yeah, it's like a love hate relationship. Like I love it. Um, it. It definitely has its perks, and I love it. Um, but it could be better. But whatever. I feel like you can't find a perfect job, especially something that pays minimum wage. I know, right? Like those are usually like entry level positions that anybody could get. But like you do develop some kind of like you do develop actually a lot of skills when it comes to working in like retail or like food industry. You oh, yeah. learn, yeah. You learn to multitask. You learn how to um, work well under pressure. Uh, your customer service, like yeah, those are just say deal with people. Mm-hmm. Like that's a very fundamental thing that you're gonna have to deal with throughout any phase of your life. So yeah. It's, yeah, so for those who are kind of like, okay, I never I never want to work a minimum wage job, I'm like, hello, you're kind of missing out some fundamental skills here. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like so, like if you're in a position where, oh, I don't want to work a minimum wage job, so you don't, it's very like, okay, like I'm glad you're privileged enough to say that. But like it also, I don't know, it's just, I feel like those people have like a, a judgment towards people who do work in minimum wage or... Like I just feel like you people who say who are in a position to say that don't know how hard it is to work a minimum wage job, and it's like those type of people are the ones who, like, they believe oh they don't it's not that hard of a job because minimum wage means minimum effort, but then if they get that energy of like oh minimum wage means minimum effort they get mad you know what I mean? It's yeah. like no you can't have double standards. If you're gonna if you're gonna judge a job and think it's that easy, if you get that energy, like you can't complain. Definitely, definitely. But like the I mean, cat's making a mess over there. Yeah, that's why I have to like look behind every now and then. Oh, they're so they're on crackhead duty right now. Like they're crazy. It's nighttime, so they're just like spiraling. So like if anybody's like yeah. listening and then they hear like a bunch of like Studying, those are the cats either fighting or just like jumping off from furniture. <laughs> oh yeah. Wait, what are your cats' names again? Uh their names are Yin and Yang. Okay. Okay. Cute stuff. I know. Well, I... Uh, <laughs> Yin is actually a food nutrition major and Yang is a feline a female studies major. <laughs> oh, they have majors. Tell me why they're like more educated than I am. <laughs> Stop, stop. When did you get when did you get them? So I got them in December 17, 2020. Um, I actually like got them. I received them in the midst of like my wisdom teeth healing process. Yeah. And thank God for masks because my face was like such a balloon when the people like dropped oh, them yeah. off. But I, I'll always remember the time that like I took off my mask and the first face that they saw when they arrived here was like my bloated ass cheeks. <laughs> like I looked disastrous, but they're here. They're Where did you get them? So I got them at the Best Friends Animal Sanctuary, oh. I believe. Mm-hmm. 
it's like everybody's go-to, but they they did the job. I had to like answer the questionnaire. Like, I want a cat that is playful, that、yeah. is willing to like sit on my lap for long hours of time. I wish I find that in a partner. I'm getting. <laughs> She's filling out a boyfriend application, guys. Let's not forget. Let's not forget that. And then what I didn't ask for was crackhead tendencies, and I got crackheads. But that's okay. I, feel like I am gonna, one too. Yeah, I feel like you're gonna get that with any cat. I actually volunteered for best friends before. Really? Yeah, I was. I worked for them for like almost a year. No way. When? What year? Yeah. I, um, 2019. It was when I worked at the mall. I would go. I would go across the street to.、Um, Uh, I would I would go to best friends and like、um, volunteer there and take care of their cats. That's so sweet. Yeah, you've always been like an advocate for animals ever since high school. Yeah, but I and through that I found that I was allergic to cats. <laughs> really? I would, I would yeah I would always stay for two almost two hours at a time,、um, sometimes more, but in, like a minimum of two hours. Um, and I remember like sneezing so much during like me the process of me taking care of them, like cleaning their their litter and like refilling their food and cleaning their like food bowls and like you know like refilling their like so that, that but that that did teach me how to take care of a cat. So now I know like all the stuff needed. I know like the good brands of like litter and food.、Um, but yeah, so I would literally, I would. For the two hours that I would take, I would just sneeze a lot, and then it would progressively get worse. Like, so, like I'd start feeling like throat close up, and then my eyes would get itchy, <laughs> and then it'd come to a point where I like literally cannot like breathe anymore. Like, my nose is stuffed, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, and because I, I would have to play with them just to keep them company and like get them their like daily like dose of playtime since they don't have owners yet.、Um, and I'd be like, okay, guys, that's enough. I have to go now. <laughs> Because I, I couldn't breathe anymore, and then I would always have to wash my hands. And then I always I used to bring a sweater, and then I would take that. I、um, at first I didn't, but I learned to bring a jacket and then take it off immediately after I get out of the enclosures and like wash my hands. And that was the only way that I could feel okay again after leaving. Because <laughs>、um, if I didn't, I would、like, my eyes would just stay itchy and I would keep sneezing. Oh, and sometimes. Because it got like stuck on my jeans, I would keep sneezing and stuff like that. So it was really bad,、um, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> When the thing that you love inadvertently attempts to kill you as well. Yeah, and I wanted a cat when I was when I was in high school. I planned on getting a cat and a bunny when I grew older, and now I'm like, can I not get a cat anymore? But I was like, maybe if I just tough it up and and、um, stay with a cat, it'll like make me not allergic anymore. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's exactly what happened to Zoe, and Zoe's my eleven-year-old sister. And the reason why I got the cats is because、um, I don't know Zoe needed some like brightness and happiness in her life、yeah. during December.、Um, oh, I was just gonna say, was it like a rough patch, and it was just something to like kind of brighten up the house, kind of thing. Yeah, it、um, it definitely boosted the vibe in the place because it was just like really difficult for. Her specifically, so we got the cats. Well, I got the cats. My mom didn't know I was getting them, so she was a little like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> But, was she mad or she was fine? She was. She was. She was, she was confused. 
okay. But she wasn't mad. She wasn't mad. She she like had a conversation with her and she was like, "No, you're kidding." And then she went home and she was like, "You're fucking not kidding." <laughs> but it's okay, but we got the cats and then little did we know that Zoe was really allergic to them. Like her face would like turn like swell up. It would swell up and her eyes would close, but she still loved oh, them. Wow. Even if would she cough, would she sneeze and cough or no? She would sneeze and cough, and then she, we would tell her to just like stay away from the cats for a stay bit, and then, cat. and then we'd look at her, and then her face would be like rubbing on the cats for like I love them, Aten. I'm like, yeah. really, really, honey, your your face, you look like <laughs> the freaking like Gatorade dude, right? Not Gatorade, the Kool Aid dude, right now. <laughs> Gatorade. <laughs> How is it now? Like, is she better with the cats? She's she's way she's way better with the cats now. You're getting so her body got like used to it. Basically, so she's just kind of kind of chilling now with them. Um, but wow, I didn't know you worked at Best Friends. That that's actually really really I, cool. It was or volunteered. Like work. I, yeah, I didn't really like work there, and it was really short. Um, it was almost here, but it was like probably on the shorter half of like working there but yeah it was really fun and then i when i left i left working i left uh, volunteering when i left when i stopped working in the mall i stopped um, volunteering over there just because it was too it, and i realized it was just too much for me to handle um because at first i volunteered with a friend and it became just me and i was like this it became uh, like a stressor just because I, I had so many responsibilities on my on my plate that time, and I was like, yeah, I don't know if I can handle this anymore. So I stopped, and I felt really bad because those cats, and the it was just a lot of sad, like those cats are like it was really sad working with them, because you'd see like the cats who don't get adopted who stay there for like like I'll work because I'll work like I think it was twice a week and it became like one time a week but like even like I would work every week and so I would every time I came in I saw the ones who like obviously like the tiny ones got adopted really quick um the cute ones got adopted really quick oh surprisingly it was the black cats that didn't no that's not really surprising because people have that like kind of notion about them I love black cats so it was surprising to me um but yeah surprisingly like black cats are one of the ones that didn't get adopted that often and like the older ones like the older rescues they didn't get um adopted often um and it was really sad to see when you come in every week and you see like the ones like the cuter ones get adopted and then you see kind of like the older ones kind of still there and you and they get they get way bigger because they're like they're like the full grown already and like sometimes they don't fit in their own enclosures and it's just like it's like sad because you know like like even the people who worked at best friends like didn't want to keep them there you know what i mean that's so sad so yeah it was like it was like a sad thing but um it was it was a fun experience to like get to work with and play with like cats and it taught me like i already knew how to take care of like a rabbit and so this was like (laughs) oh i know how to take care of a, a cat now and they know how to play with them and stuff like that so i'm I love cats. Like, I almost everybody I know has a cat now, and what do you call it? Although I am allergic, I literally love cats to death. Like, they're the cutest things in the world. <laughs> yeah, they're so fuzzy. But I mean, I guess the one of the takeaways that we can get from your experience there is that 
guys please adopt older cats they need they need a home too not just the younger yeah and black and black cats are so black cats are one of the most affectionate like kind of cats that i i I was the that i kind of was with there and like even the cuter ones weren't as maybe affectionate or as as snuggly as like they were so adopt black cats if you can definitely and and y'all like black cats are good luck in japan they're still good luck here forget that european witchy bitchy thing (laughs) yeah they're so cool how could you not want a gg of your own (laughs) yeah (laughs) a gg or um what's sailor moon's um cat's name salem it no it it was you can name salem (laughs) yeah i mean i think sailor moon's cat is Artemis, the baby's Diana, and then she's Luna. See, you can have your own Luna, your own Gigi. I always want to, I remember I wanted to adopt a black cat when I was older and name it um, Salem. My little you witchy, can. Um, my witchy vibes life right there. Yeah, and then you also had like your dream of like being kind of like a botanist at the time. Like I remember you saying that in high school. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's still a dream of mine. I still want to, um, I don't know what being a bottom is, but I still want to have, like, a black cat and a white cat and a white bunny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I heard about princess. Oh, yes. <laughs> For those who um, don't know, Jeremiah had a bunny, a really nice, lovely, full-age bunny named princess. Full-aged? <laughs> full-aged. Yeah, she was 13 years old. Um, I got her when I was like eight, and I literally loved her to bits and pieces. Um, I lost her in February, the, the end of February. Um, and it was it was a hard, but I feel like I kind of just took her. It had been 13 years, and I'm super thankful. And I literally wanted to keep her forever and ever and ever because she is the like I was. I would tell everybody this. If I were to describe a soulmate, it'd be like her. <laughs> like she was my soulmate in like bunny form, and so that's why like that's my soulmate right there. But um, what do you call? It? I also think she she was so, and she was so weak when she left. So she, I think she needed to go like for her sake. Like I didn't want, and it was so sad every day watching her like like watching her worried because she looked really sick. So. Although I didn't want to let go, I think it was for the best. And she, like, I don't like to think that she carried every burden, but when, like, I had, 2020, I, I'm sure, was, like, a rough patch for, like, a lot of people. Um, but 2020 was, like, a really shitty year for me. Like, I went through so much that sometimes I don't really, like, like, it's things that, like, it was just a, a really dark place in 2020. Like, a lot happened that I kind of, didn't have control of there was like fights going on and what do you call it with being paired with like the pandemic and then the stress of work and school like all this stuff it was just like a really dark place like i literally didn't have that much um kind of kind of peace in my life and this year is definitely like picking up but like i just i felt like in the first two months of this year i was stuck in like a rut and like when she died, she had, which is so coincidental because she had died the last day of February. The next day, like, 
I think the next day I had like got my confirmation from CSUN that I had gotten in. And then like a week later I had gotten my car. Like my、Yay. very first like car of my own. And so I felt like she just took like anything that was like bad and like took it with her.、Um, yeah. And so I just like, I don't want to think that she carried my burdens for me, but I, in a way, like, I just like, if there is anything spiritual out there, like, I feel like she definitely did and she took it with her and like, she just brought so much good into my life after, you know what I mean? Or maybe like, or like in another way of looking at it, that was like the last signifying thing of like, this is like the biggest thing that's going to happen that's like bad. And then after that, it was like all good things, just like all positive. And so that's what I like to think. And I've been really, I've been feeling way better like mentally.、Um, obviously, like there's still going to be problems in life and you're not, it's not going to be perfect. But I think after that, Like, although I love her, it was, it was all positives after that. So I can't really complain, you know? I, that's why I felt so ungrateful because I was like mourning her and I was like so sad. And then I got like all the good news, like all, all this good stuff kept happening. And I was like, and then my birthday was in March. So I had like birthday to celebrate. And then I celebrated with like, like my family and just like, like, you know, I got to celebrate with like a bunch of people that like, Brought me up that made me feel like really, really good, and so I can't really. I was like, Am I ungrateful for feeling sad? But like, everybody reassured me, they're like, You don't have to be okay all the time, like, you just lost something important to you. But I, I feel like I'm still mourning in pieces, like, there'll be times where I get really sad, and I feel like people judge me, and like, like you're still not over it in like a few months already, you know? Oh, honestly. Well, for starters, you had a whirlwind of a 2020. And, and I think what's so interesting about what you said is because you felt the loneliness, you felt the isolation, and things were actually piling up for you. And we can always say that that was kind of everybody's reality throughout 2020. But what's so important to note is everything is unique. Each individual's、yeah. experiences are unique, and we can't just generalize that everybody was having a shitty day. Everybody was having some sort of like issue that is so different from each other, yet we all still felt the same pain. But、yeah. in your situation, you actually lost what, could, what is a family member. Because you,、yeah. when you look at these like animals, they are the symbol of like your greatest days and your worst days. Like they're there to like feel your emotions and to comfort you.、Mm-hmm. And then you eliminated that, or not even eliminated that, life just happened. And、yeah. Princess was a great, great bunny. And even if. Life is kind of picking up right now. You're getting all these opportunities and all these beneficial things. It doesn't change the fact that you actually kind of went through something quite traumatic. And that's something、yeah. that you need to take your time to deal with, regardless of how fast paced things are going. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for saying that. It's just, I was telling Julian, like, Julian and Jericho, are, I, for those who don't know, they're like my brothers. <laughs> um, But you know, as we grow up, like I realize they really are like becoming my best friends and people I turn to.、Um, but you can't stop that, like, we do get into fights sometimes, or sometimes I don't talk to them.、Um, and it was, it just was just that, like, regardless of like 
what age I was ever since I got her. Like, no matter who I was fighting with, if I felt alone, I would always take her out of her cage and I would just, like, be with her. And it's like, even though she didn't talk and she wasn't, like, as cuddly as, like, a, like a dog or a cat would be, her presence still brought me, like, a lot of peace. Like, it was just, like, knowing something was there and she was, like, she would be close to me. She would, she would snuggle up. Like, it wasn't as snuggly, but she would snuggle up to me. And it would just, it would bring me comfort and just kind of losing that. Like, I felt like I had lost my, like, my best buddy, you know? And she, oh, and that was another thing. Like, um, when I was going through all that stuff in, like, 2020, um, I was kind of going through that. There were nights where I would, like, go to sleep crying. It was, it was, like, a really bad sickness. Like, we, I was constantly worried. I got scared. There would be times where I went to work and I would, like, literally like when nobody was talking to me like i'd be by myself and i just stare and then like almost tear up and then have to like wipe, wipe away my tears because a customer comes or something it's so it'd be like that bad and so like nights where i didn't really feel like and this is happening in summer and i don't know if you feel the same way but like um when things are hot it and i'm sweating it just feels more chaotic like it doesn't feel good um so it was like during it was all happening in the summer it was super hot and like i just felt so like and i'm a very controlling person so i just felt like so not in control and princess was one of the things that kind of just like brought me comfort at that time um even though around that time she did start showing signs of like getting weaker like her body started changing um she wasn't even able to jump anymore her legs and arms got really weak so it was like there's a whole bunch of things and i just got really really sad of like around that time but she was definitely like a ball of like comfort for me um and i feel like i'm still like understanding like her death because i feel like sometimes i forget like she's gone you know what i mean like, I'll still be like, like, I'll turn in here. I have to be like, oh, her cage isn't there. And sometimes I'll think about, like, memories of, like, when I was driving her to get her, like, cremated. And I had her in, like, a little blanket. And I took her little head out because I was carrying her, like, how, like she, I was, like, wrapped her up like a baby. And I took her head out and I was like, look, like, I, uh, I, I, get, I didn't get to show you the world. That was another thing. I didn't have a car. And I remember telling Julian that the moment I got a car... I was literally going to take, like, me and him were going to take her to the park so she could, like, play in dirt and stuff like that. And then I was going to take pictures of her. So I have, like, pictures of her with, like, grass and flowers and stuff like that. And so I, when we were driving her, I got, I started to cry, but I was like, oh, like, because I never got to show you the world, this is what the outside looks like. Because it's just like, oh. her, like, so, I, yeah, it was, like, a really sad, emotional thing. But, like, I'll think of that memory and like sometimes it just feels so like oh like that's not like you know like I, I maybe i don't know maybe it's like disassociative or something but i just disassociate that with like her being dead so i'll be like oh she's still alive but i'll have that memory you know what i mean so i'll get like mixed up and i have to constantly remind myself like oh she's gone like she's gone and i feel like people are a little like scared to like talk about it with me they're like oh and i'm like no it's okay we can bring it up like um it's gonna make me accept it easier don't worry about it i just i love i like listening to it um and i kind of get you i get you when you say that um people have this natural tendency to kind of 
you know, um, not really know how to address really tough situations because they have that fear of like, they don't want to rile you up or make you feel like sadder than you already are. But simply kind of like being transparent about your emotions, especially with like losing, you know, a pet, which is such a big, big deal. You know, like people will always be always be like, why are you, why are you upset over like a pet? Hello, you, you basically grew up with princess. And yeah. I think yeah. one of the weirdest but also coolest things that happened in your experience with Princess is that it's it's sort of like she understood that you were going through a rut and somehow how the universe works. Maybe she had this like otherworldly intention of trying to give you some luck. And maybe, maybe if we're going to draw in some old Chinese principles, maybe she was like your your lucky rabbit now she's like your spiritual guide or something yeah i definitely believe that and that's why i feel like i'm just not ready for like a another pet yet um definitely in in a, in a couple of years and princess was like i didn't go out and get her um she was adopted by like my dad's client and then they gave her to my dad because they couldn't keep her even though like the daughter of the client like really really wanted to and so i'm like that's not a cool i just genuinely believe that's not a coincidence like they knew because and the reason they gave her away because um that family had like a lot of dogs and the dogs would try to terrorize her and like they knew they had dogs and yet they still like chose to get that pet like that rabbit for no for some weird reason and then give her away just days after like and the reason we weren't allowed to is because my mom don't, doesn't like animals so it's like um it's like oh we never i just never expected to get a pet and then my dad was like oh i have a surprise and then he came over with princess so i'm like i genuinely believe this is probably just me but i genuinely believe she was drawn to like this family and drawn to like she was meant to meet me and so I feel like there is, I'm going to meet another bunny out there later in life that's going to be meant for me. And I, I genuinely believe that's going to be like a reincarnate of princess. Aww. Well, I have a question for you with that. Do you believe in fate? I do. It's like really stupid. I feel like I do. Um, I have a really weird ideology about like a lot of things. <laughs> like when it comes to religion and like all of that stuff, like... I have a really weird ideology and it's probably really contradictory but I believe that whatever you believe in is going to happen to you. So if you believe in like manifesting, you you can manifest. Yeah. And if you but like like this goes for religion to me so I'm like if you believe like you're going to just die, then I feel like you're just going to die. But like if you believe that you're of reincarnation then you're you're going to get reincarnated, you know what I mean? I just feel like I don't know, that's kind of like how I perceive the world ever since I was like a kid. And so it just kind of like stuck with me. Like, I don't know how to, it's probably really stupid, but I probably, I don't know how to change it. <laughs> but I genuinely believe like, if you believe in something, it's like, it is yours. Like, so like, I believe in fate. So I genuinely do believe that fate is happening to me, you know? Yeah, no, I, for me, I also believe in fate sometimes. Cause you know, a lot of things, I think I can speak for the both of us, but a lot of things in our life has been so uncontrollable and sometimes you're fated to bad stuff as well as the good stuff and yeah. um but i also have this contradiction of like i believe in what's that word like self-control like 
I have the ability to mobilize things. I have the ability to manifest the things that I want to believe, but then fate always contradicts, right? So oh, it's it's hey. it's this weird paradigm that like kind of like lives in my life because mm-hmm. I want to maintain control and that's me trying to do like, you know, that self-manifestation thing, but then some things are out of my control. Therefore, it's fate. You know, and it's kind of weird because because it's it's really hard to label the things that happen in your life. But personally, I think the the main faith that I'm not going to really like say that it's 100% me, but it's something that I do think about sometimes, it's like Shintoism. And I've mentioned it before, but I always have to mention again, but the whole idea of like you do have a place in the world in the grand scheme of things how you move things how you move the air will inadvertently affect the waves that are to come mm-hmm. and and i think i'm content with that you know just the idea of like i can be like a stupid dumb person on earth but i still have some kind of role yeah and like you're meant to have that role and you're meant to do those things you know what i mean yeah exactly and i'm trying to I'm trying to do this project for me where I'm trying to incorporate religion and art and just like not even religion but just like also like philosophies and fundamental things in life as like um magical realism like humanistic forms of like kind of these big philosophies and I think that's kind of like where my creative route is at right now yeah. but I also acknowledge that you have a sense of creativity as well I do I well I don't know. I wouldn't I don't know if I would say like I don't know if I would say I do. Um but I I like to attempt to be like artistic. Although I haven't been artistic in a while. Um so Gian knows because um we were like high school besties but um in high school I used to write well not just in high school but I really got into creative writing in high school like mainly poems. Um I wrote like stories and stuff but I really liked writing poems. And um I was just telling you how I haven't written a poem in ever since I maybe like a year like my first year my first semester in college but, like je- like shortly after high school I didn't write anymore. And I remember um Miss I forgot the English Neff? teacher like the online one. No, no, no the English one. Oh. Miss GT Uh, Miss Throckmorton, I remember her emailing me on like the final, and it was like a final of like the creative writing class, and I turned it in, and mind you, it was like a last minute thing, but I did put like a lot of like eff- effort because it was like one of the things that I was like I'm genuinely into this, and I remember the final was like you have to write ten different poems, but you have to choose like these different kinds of poems. I honestly forgot like. the different poems it was like a firecracker poem I think and it started like big and then you have to get to like really small to just a one word and then like go back out um it was like poems like that and then like a haiku um and then there's like free range and i wrote like these 10 poems i wish i could i still had access but i can't find it anymore and i turned it in and i remember her like email like message like not messaging me but like leaving a comment on that assignment saying like It was a pleasure to have you in class and like please keep writing like you're doing the world a disservice if you stop. And so that was like one of the biggest things that like 
meant something to me because I was like, oh my god, like maybe I'm not because and you know this game, but I'm super self-critical. I hate everything I do and am, <laughs> and so like writing, I always felt not confident. Like even though I was like, like I wrote something like I'm really proud of. When it got to like showing people or something like that, I was so embarrassed. I literally got like I just couldn't because I thought it was so bad. And so seeing that kind of was like, maybe I'm not bad at this. <laughs>、um, and then I, that comment always rings in my head because I think about it now and I haven't written anything in a long time.、Um, but I also feel like maybe I'm not inspired. Like maybe I, like I think about it, I'm like I was really inspired at those times, but maybe I'm not inspired anymore. And I don't know.、Um, and I remember, and I was just telling Gian how、um, our friend Stephanie、uh, just recently created a blog,、um, and I'm super proud of her for creating one. And then Gian started this podcast, and、um, I'm super proud of them because they were able to, you know, do something and actually create like a creative space for them to like have like an outlet for like their emotions and their art. And I got like. Really envious, but also like I got so inspired, and I tasked myself with like I wanted to write like ultimately like their poems, but because I've gotten so into music these past few years, I really want to write like like a ten song like album in quotes album, but like no music because、wow. I don't because I don't know music theory, so I could never write music. But I want to write like lyrics to like songs that like could be. Um, not really, but um, and I had, and even then, like I still haven't even like. I remember I wrote a stanza. Like, is that what they call like a stanza? Stanza. I wrote one, and I haven't opened the book ever since. But it's also been super hard because I think that's another thing. Ever since I started college, I got a job, so balancing job and school. And also, just like life in general, like social life, family life, I haven't been able to find time to like do that. And I, and I think you guys reminded me of how important it is to kind of separate that time and make time to create stuff. So you guys definitely inspired me, and I wanted to start doing that. Okay. Okay. Here's the deal. Realistically,、um, I can see why it's so daunting. To just kind of like、um, pursue that passion of like creating poetry and maybe like writing lyrics, which I'm so down for. But I can see why it's so daunting because realistically,、um, Stephanie and I we we've kind of like tapped into this, but we also like have to make some we had to make some sacrifices in order to. Make this creative block, you know.、Yeah. Like Stephanie has to tap into like the deepest parts of like her soul, and and like I know that sounds like so dramatic, but like it is true. That's if you're, if you're gonna pursue a creative route, there is some sort of like passion and empathy that you just kind of have to deal with. And with Stephanie, like writing can be emotionally taxing, and for me, like sometimes、um, I have to sacrifice some things in my already crazy busy schedule to just dedicate some time to reaching out to people. But I think one of the main takeaways with how Stephanie and I do things is that we realize that there is something that is more than us. That there is some kind of like purpose in what we're creating, and、yeah. we have to like manage and accept that there will be sacrifices. So, I think in terms of your 
poetry and writing. I sure, I sure hope you pursue that. Like, it's one of those things where it's like you gotta have to spontaneously do it. Like, don't plan it. Just do it right then and there, and then you yeah. pick up momentum. Which is like what I used to do in like high school. I used to like be able like I'll, I'll see like a picture or something, and I'll get like so inspired, and I'll just start writing, and I'd be like, oh my god, like this is so easy to write for me. Um, but I don't know. I don't know why I haven't had that kind of like spark hit me these days. And I think maybe it's because I'm not like reaching those like deep like parts of myself that you're like talking about. You know what I mean? Like maybe I haven't had time to focus on myself enough, or like what's going around me enough, to like tap into those deep parts of myself. Yeah, yeah, and I I know how it sounds like to everybody. Like this sounds so melodramatic, but this yeah. is the reality of things. It's the reality of creating things. Like. I, we can't say the same thing for corporate America, but we're Bohemians, right? Corporate America. <laughs> we are both Bohemians, and that's the thing. We're always going to resonate to the creative things in life. But with you, I can see why you're in that rut because, again, you also had a really rough 2020, and it's kind of hard to kind of like reflect on yourself because it's also those things where it's like you have to kind of cope. With certain things that you don't want to deal with, yeah. and I, I feel that for me, because like, as much as like I love going to therapy and all this and that, sometimes it's very daunting to just kind of like see how, how I really am on the inside and reflect it on this like podcast or art or even my own personal writing. The question is like, are you ready to see yourself for who you are? I don't know. I think that's a good. <laughs> I think that's the scary part of art. I feel like yeah. If I really, I, I feel like I really genuinely have to like accept that and like just start. You know what I mean? Regardless of when you do it, there's no rush. That is something that I and all your friends, I bet. Inc- I know Stephanie would be shit bonkers for it. I know her. <laughs> We would be very proud of you if you pursue this, and we're rooting you for that. Oh my god, I love you guys. Um, oh my god, I want to ask how's how is like art and drawing for you, like painting and art and all that stuff. Um, I got some projects going on now. I couldn't tap onto them because, like, again with the sacrificing thing, I would take away like time to do work and like ace a good GPA, which is like so annoying. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking I'm taking advantage of the time that I'm gonna get this summer to yeah. Focus on painting skateboards, or to like make a merch store for happy fun times. Create a website. Yeah. So those are just like future plans that I have. Mm-hmm. But it's also like I'm so emotionally and mentally fatigued that I kind of just don't want to spend my days making stuff. Sometimes and just sit down and watch Netflix, which is so sad, but it's so true right now. No, so yeah. tired. <laughs> Have you like ever? Because I know you also went through a rough 2020. Like, have you ever like not for any other purpose other than just recreational? Like, have you ever had like just a sit down where like moments where you just sit down and kind of just sketch and like paint and take out your emotions through there, or like have you had not had like the time? So, I used to do that a lot prior to 2020. Yeah. 
And it's so it's so strange because like when the pandemic hit, like your first initial thought is like, okay, I'm not going anywhere, therefore I have time to tap into things.、Mm-hmm. But then you also realize that, you know, dealing with your emotions is work. Handling、yeah. chores and your family and what little social life you have is also work. And school gets so impounded. So, and realistically, I didn't really have that much time. And even when I did have the time, it would like it wouldn't be that much to actually、mm-hmm. like make something. And I'm sure even when you had that time, you probably just want to keep it to yourself, like just like lay down and get us like a slither of rest. Because you probably didn't get that much. Exactly. Like whenever I had free time, I didn't want to emotionally and physically invest it into creating things. I just like needed the time to rest because then I realized that sometimes art can be work, and I don't want to、yeah. work. I want to sleep. <laughs> yeah. It's tough.、Um. Yeah, but you know, good things are happening. I'm like picking things up. A lot of emotions to deal with, but、yeah. I don't know. I just like I, I acknowledge that doing happy fun times can also be like emotionally taxing, because there's a part of me where it's like I don't want to seem like I'm taking advantage of like people's time and voices to like promote、oh, yeah. this. But like I genuinely like do want to reach out to people and like spend time editing and listening to their voices and concerns, which is why、mm-hmm. I'm like so happy that I'm having this moment with you. Yeah, and, and I don't think it comes like I know it's hard to like get like, get in your head when you're doing stuff because you like the last thing you want to do is burden anybody.、Um, but I don't think it comes across to any any of your guests that like、um, like taking my time or being exploited for my time.、Um, I think it's it's like a nice friendly conversation, and then you're like,、oh, let me let me just broadcast this, and it gives you good practice because you never know you what if like life takes you in the future and you become a broadcaster. Then you have experience on how to edit, what like how to record, how to、um, interview people, and you know it's like those are experiences that you don't get back. And what do you call it? You get all that practice without stress because it's like you're getting them with your friends, with people you're comfortable with. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the yeah. way, I I wanted to talk about like, what are you like future? I just had like this like. Conversation about futures with like a whole bunch of different people these days because of how everything's changing.、Um, so I want to know like how, what, what did you what is what's Gian's future looking like? Like, do you have any plans for the future? Because、um, we are growing, we're growing pretty fast.、Um, like we're twenty one this year.、Um, a lot of people graduate when they're twenty two. It's like, do you have any plans? Like, what's what's the、uh, I will answer that question if you promise me to answer. If you answer the same thing, yeah. Okay. So honestly, I don't really know what the future has in store for me. But I always say that like I want to be multifaceted. I never want to stick into one thing for the rest of my life. So. So I plan to go to healthcare policy. That's my major, and I want to work in the field of healthcare in terms of the government,、um, trying to study and notice the trends, who is getting the proper access to healthcare, health equity. But I also want to tap into NGOs, which are non-governmental organizations, 
and work for humanitarian rights, maybe work for the UN. That's like kind of like my thing right now. But then I You're also- You're working for the UN? Wait, I have a quick question. So for the health policy, is that more of like a corporate job, like an office job, or is that more of like a hands-on kind of thing? It can either, it can either be either or. Oh, okay. um, but but like I actually like don't mind working for like corporate America if it means that the results are good. You know, like I want to work for I want to be a healthcare analyst where I actually help decision makers make good fucking decisions. And the idea is that this particular industry doesn't have a lot of ethnic people nor female voices. Yeah. So I kind of want to be like, listen, this these group of people, these pregnant people are not getting what they deserve. Fix it right now. You know, like that type of stuff. Yeah. I was going to say, it's nice to have a strong, like, Asian female voice that doesn't come from a place of privilege, like have a say in like decision making. Like, that's going to be groundbreaking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just want to be like a strong, powerful woman. And it's oh, AAPI yeah. month. Hello. So... Is this still AAPI month? Yeah, it's... Is it? Time is flying. Yes, it is! It is! It's still AAPI month! (laughs) Yeah. But then I also want to tap into making a business. Like, I still want to make Happy Fun Times Co. into, like, this cool art skate gallery thing, you know? I still want to make clothing and, like, work in Venice or Santa Monica. Like, I want to skate till I'm, like, 80 years old. And just kind of like do art for the rest of my life because no matter how many ventures i'm always going to be drawn to art and that's just mm-hmm. the true tea always yeah. and forever at the end well i mean like if you're that if you're as talented as you i would understand um have, Stop! Like, a cute, have like a cute little hole in the wall shop in like venice like a total like beach beach town vibe i i see that like happy fun co like um little shop in venice that's cute and not too long ago, you did make your own sticker, right? Like the, um, the, oh my god, I'm blanking on his name. That's so embarrassing. David Bowie? The David Bowie sticker that you made. Yeah, I want to do more of that. I actually am going to use my hardworking, like, finals money to, like, invest in a sticker printer, so. You're, two, you're 250? <laughs> yeah! Are those, do those do those run expensive or not really? Kind of, for for a good quality one, they're kind of pricey. So, mm. but again, like it's an investment. Yeah, it's an investment for my future. I will yeah. be making money out of that. For your women-owned business. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, honestly, but besides that. I want to know what your future plans are. Because I remember back in the day, you said that you wanted to tap into botany and you also wanted to have this really cool, kitschy, like, um, home where it's, like, filled with all these plants and journals and books. Yeah, I remember. And I still want, like, a house like that. (laughs) Like, the dream. (laughs) But I feel like a lot has changed. Um, I... I feel like college is really where you realize like your strengths and your weaknesses and um, science is definitely a weakness like <laughs> that was not a <laughs> strength I, I love plants and stuff like that but I don't think I'll excel 
Um, right now, I'm transferring to CSUN and I'm under the hospitality and like tourism management um, um, major. And I really want to get a degree. It's one of the most useless degrees, in my opinion. Like, no offense to people who like <laughs> who actually are getting it and like want one, um, but it's one of the most useless degrees, in my opinion. Just because a lot of the classes are teaching you like, like how to be—it's basically like customer service. Like, it's like hospitality. It's like how to how to be comfortable enough where people how to make people feel comfortable enough around you. Um, but that's the one that usually people look for when they're looking for a flight attendant and. Like I remember in high school being so against being a flight attendant, I was like, "That's my last resort if I really don't have, sorry, <laughs> if I really don't have like, if I don't know what to do, if I, I'm not excelling in school, I'm gonna be a flight attendant." I remember being really against it in high school, being like, "Ew, I don't want to be a flight attendant." That's like, whatever. Um, but as like the years gone by, I'm really liking the idea of like a flight attendant, and like I'm gonna be completely honest, like super 100% candid on here. I don't see myself living for a very long time, and I think that's like a perfect job for me. <laughs> um, just like being able to travel, um, I don't have many strengths in this world, um, but I do think one of my strengths is being like I feel like people get really, really comfortable with me. It's easy for people to to feel comfortable around me, and to like I think that's like super important. Um, that's like when you're working like with people. And so I feel like that's one of my strengths, and I was like, why not cash in on that, <laughs> and you know, get to and traveling. Honestly, like, I only, I, I know I only took one trip, like, across the world, like away from, like, out of the country. South Korea. Yeah, but that trip really <laughs> taught me that I do like, like, I like being on planes. Um, I like the idea of like packing and the idea of like being somewhere else, and like I really like that. Um, oh, I forgot. That's another thing. I really and I've been really taking pictures. That's another creative outlet. I think that's why I haven't been writing so much because that's a creative outlet I've been like really into. But I've been really liking photography, and I, I like the idea of being able to travel and like being able to take pictures of the world and see around me. So the plan is, I really want to graduate, um, and I'm really working on my language skills. Uh, one to just be better at language because I I want to be like multilingual so bad. Like you don't even know. Um, and my supervisor is telling me because he also applied to be a flight attendant before that because I I was like oh my plan is to like oh I want to work in like, I don't mind working domestic like just going to different states for now and then working my way up to like international. He told me that you become like one of the first priorities to become an international flight attendant when you know different languages. And luckily, I'm like oh my god like I'm embarrassingly like not the greatest but i'm fluent enough to have a conversation in tagalog um obviously english and like i'm get, i'm working i'm working on it in korean and like i i got my feet wet with like japanese and french and like chinese so i really want to like master languages and like hopefully by the time i graduate which is two years so i'm giving myself two years to master this um i become fluent in korean and i really want to like hopefully work for like an international airline and get based in Korea. <gasps> Yay! Which is like a dream for me. And like just have like have like that small moment where I'm by myself. I'm like renting my own space in Korea and it's just me. Um, 
and I'm working and obviously I keep in touch with everybody but for the most part it's like gonna be just me doing my own responsibilities and stuff like that and I think I like Korea so much because like you don't need to drive around over there um, I'm sure a car would definitely help but a lot of people live just day to day with just like public transport which I love public transport I love walking um, and I was just telling Julian like watching so much Asian media I genuinely believe I need to live in Asia <laughs> just like I was telling get out you, of like, here yeah and there's like there's like this small thing okay like um I remember watching Asian media and this guy was like oh I'm hungry like in the thing they were just like oh I'm really hungry do you want to like get like a really quick snack and they get like the ultimately their shopao like their buns like you know they're like, just <laughs> the buns yeah and like sticky rice and stuff like that it's like oh my god that is more of like a me snack than like getting wendy's or like burger king you know what i mean and i'm like that is i feel like i would love to live in a place where i can go to a um like be like oh i'm really hungry like i just got out of work and i want like a late night snack like what do i get and just go to like a convenience store or like a restaurant and just buy like asian food because like you like growing up asian like you know like that's kind of like most of what i eat because i don't eat like fast food all the time so i was like that's one thing that like just has like okay i definitely need to live in asia because the food there is just more me than anything um and i just think the culture is more i'm a little bit more used to that like i feel like obviously i'm like a californian boy at heart i'm like born and raised so i know the valley i know the like california by heart Um, but I think like Asian roots in me have like sometimes peeked through and I feel like I would do well in like Asian culture other than the fact that like, they're like a little homophobic and a little behind I genuinely like like I genuinely see myself living in Asia um, like obviously like in like another small like detail like the fashion just, it's like all these little things that like kind of built up and I was like I definitely see myself so I want to live in Asia one day Um, hopefully like Korea or Japan or I was I, I really am open to the idea of Taiwan these days <laughs> like I want to live in like maybe Taiwan or like Hong Kong I don't know China Chinese just like super hard to learn if I could get that language down oh my god don't even get me so I would live there um, I know that like right now like the political I think political issues in any parts of the world are like they're like really shitty so Hopefully in a couple years they like resolve themselves. I don't know if this is the controversial to say. Um, I'm obviously I'm a little ignorant to, like what's going on around the world. Like I try to keep up with like, especially in Asia. Like I feel like I have a lot. I follow a lot of Asian people on like my social media, and they keep me kind of updated with what's going on with like like protests or politically. Like I know what's going on in, like Thailand and like the Philippines and like all that stuff. And so I kind of keep up with it. And uh, but I. I will admit like i'm still obviously like really ignorant to like a lot of the social issues going on um but i want to live in asia like that's the plan so i really want to graduate get get a job in an airline which i don't even know if it's going to be possible because i feel like flight attendants are very like a job is very um competitive but getting a job as a flight attendant a lot of people say like i'd be a perfect flight attendant and That's like all I'm hoping. That's like all I'm banking on. Like I, I, I took it. And I'm running with it, and I'm really hoping I get like a job in an airline um, that's international, and I get stationed somewhere in Asia, 
and I have that moment um, where I'm just by myself. I think independence is super big to me, and I want that. Yeah, manifest, Jay. Manifest yes, you becoming manifest. a flight attendant. I'm gonna manifest it. Um, and I, I feel like, and it's just like getting the acceptance to see sun and like actually working towards like because i only have two more years of schooling left like i know this for a fact and so i feel like having this like okay only two more years like you're on the like final year i'm like feel like i'm like on the final lap of this like i passed through all my ge's i got like a total like 70 like six units in um in community college so i'm like okay like I got my GEs, I got over what I was supposed to, like 16 credits over what I was supposed to. Like, this is the home stretch. Like, I just gotta make this, I gotta finish this, and I'm like good to go. So, I think getting that acceptance and like going to CSUN is like really making me feel like I'm on that last steps of like, I got this, I'm almost there. Yeah. And so, it's, it's almost like bittersweet, but I really cannot wait. Like, I feel like I really want to do it and. I don't know. Like, hopefully, that's like my plan. Um, I still don't know like all the details. Like, I don't know what's gonna happen with my family and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if I could say this on here. It's a little controversial, but maybe my family is really reliant on me. I think I do a lot for them these days, um, for like my whole family, and so that's like one thing that I'm like, I don't know how it's gonna be without me. And I feel really selfish for for wanting this, but I feel like sometimes you have to be selfish in life. And a lot of the time, I feel like I live for other people to like please other people and stuff like that. And I think this is like something I need for me. Jay, you have no idea how you are not alone on that feeling of like selfishness. Yeah, and I was gonna say I feel like a lot of our friends because I just have someone today and like you are the oldest so you have a lot of responsibility on your shoulders and i just feel like there's a lot of people around me that you don't notice because i feel like we don't like to talk about it maybe i maybe these days i do but i feel like there's a lot of responsibility put on a lot of our, our shoulders as like growing kids like obviously we're like legal adults or whatever but if you think about it we're still kids like we just turned legal like and i just feel like there's so much responsibility put on your shoulder um, as like these eldest um, ethnic like eldest like, <laughs> in eldest kids of like immigrants that just like in American life so we just have so much responsibility put on us and I feel like I'm noticing a trend where a lot of people or a lot of uh, like some pe- people similar to us want to have a moment where they're by themselves and there's nobody but themselves relying on them you know like they don't have a responsibility of taking care of other people but themselves and i feel like there's like a small sense of freedom in it it's like wow i have so much to stress about because i'm I'm taking care of myself but in that like oh shit i'm only taking care of myself is like a small sense of freedom you know what i mean yeah like no stress of i have to do this for this person i have to worry about this person it's like i don't have to worry about myself Honestly, that's so liberating. <laughs> yeah, and so I feel like I see that trend in us where it's like we find, like we know it's going to be stressful, but we find a sense of freedom in it. Um, and not to say that our families are like overbearing or like 
toxic or anything like that because I think um although 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 our families can be toxic I feel like for the most part they're they do a good job at like giving us what we can what they can um but I just think a moment away would be so nice you know what I mean and, oh my god and not yeah just fa- and not just family just like life in general I feel like, and I, that's another thing I was like and you I feel like I don't know if you'll feel me on this but being kind of raised here in the valley literally from the moment I was born to like now I've spent here in the valley here in California I just want like a change of pace something different and I think that's why I want to make such a drastic change also again I don't know if this is controversial but also like I I was thinking like where can I move to in America and if it's not expensive it's run by white people and those are just not something I want you know don't don't just don't speaking from personal experience growing up in like rural Arkansas don't don't yeah so there's like there's that and then also like a little more on the shallow side I feel like um so I've I've told you recently that I'm just like no longer like again I'm not gonna stop if something happens but I'm no longer like I feel like I'm no longer seeking or caring about like romantic relationships and stuff like that um I've never been in one never had a thing never even had like my first kids and stuff but I don't think I care about any of that stuff anymore like I like I mean it in the way of like I don't care if I like never meet someone in my life and I think that's another liberating feeling of like moving to a place that I don't know. It's like when you don't have a significant other and stuff like that. It's like I don't know. It just feels free. It's like just I feel like there's just like a, a feeling of feeling free, and I love feeling responsible. So it's like feeling of re- feeling free and also the responsibility of like taking care of my uh, myself and like actually doing it. I just feels like it's like just something I want. At least my like young adult self to feel to go through because again I don't see myself living for very long (laughs) it it goes in a full circle right here (laughs) yeah yeah no I I yeah I absolutely feel you on a lot of the things that you said because like first section number one okay being a flight attendant okay I can see why you want to be one because you just want to get out of here. And just the idea of like, you're also like a very hospitable person. I know for for sure, because like you have helped me in one of my darkest moments in life. And I thank you for that. So being a flight attendant, oh my gosh. What if I'm in a flight to Korea and you're like, Annyeonghaseyo, Neiru Jeremiah, Ieyo. Hey, you're not bad, maybe you might be one too. <laughs> No, I only know, like, a um, few Korean, but nah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, thank you for that. Um, I, I, being a flight attendant, that's one of the things that I'm, like, super scared about in the future because, like, again, like, I don't know, like, nothing's for certain and it's not, like, one of those jobs that have, like, high security of, like, oh, once I graduate, I'll be able to find this, you know? Um, but you saying that makes me feel really, not, like, really good. Like, I... I, like it makes me it brings up my spirits and kind of gives me hope with this kind of thing 
honestly just fuck it and you know what i think it'd be so cool if like you can chronicle your flight attendant journeys and then since you want to be like a photographer or like just like do some photography maybe like wherever you go you can chronicle like okay so like i am a flight attendant this is my lens i'm gonna take a photo of this and then i'm gonna go to another place in the world in the same day and then you can like write like all your experiences from people from like um anecdotes of like helping this certain issue like stuff like that and i think it would be really great if you can make like a whole photo album maybe publish it online or something or maybe like publish it in like an actual book that's also very awesome. yeah mm-hmm. maybe i was thinking of doing that there was also like this really quick like idea in me one day and i was like you know like that the people of new york kind of page where they just take like random pictures of people and stuff like that and they they have like these like long posts yeah. i was like I was like one day because I'm really into film photography so I was like one day maybe I can take film photos of like around the world and I'll have like I'll have like a, a little account for them where I just post pictures I've, I've taken like around the world and have like poems or like ink pieces that I just have like under them and I don't know like I don't even care if it gets famous or not but shut up just that's have, badass just have like that out there <laughs> I was like, I was thinking of like having that idea. I was like, oh, like that's something I wanted. I would want to do. No, that's so fucking cool. You should absolutely do it. Fuck. <laughs> manifest, manifest. Yeah. I'm manifesting for you. Yes, I'm manifesting. I'm manifesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then part two from your really long, nuanced rant, which I absolutely love and I yeah, accept. Yeah, I know. I'm so sorry. No, don't apologize for being who you are because that was a lovely journey. Always know that whatever you say is a lovely journey. But part two, that feeling of like being the eldest and just kind of like being stuck into this like kind of this gaslighting loop of like you have to support your family. It's so <laughs> hard. <laughs> it is a gaslighting loop because oftentimes in Asian American or Asian culture, it's kind of like you're destined to help your parents even if your parents are like not the greatest people in the world because that's just the culture. You know, I help you, I feed you, I clothe you. Therefore, you have to help me when I'm older. But that's not really the case in American standards sometimes because like usually for kids here, it's like you go, you go, you live your life, you support yourself. And that I can see I can see where you mean by like, oh, that's stressful because it's like now you go out, you have to get a job, you have to get, you know, an apartment, live with strangers. But that's so liberating because you have autonomy to do the things that you want to do to support yourself. Whereas we, we just kind of have to worry. I want to like add something to the like the Asian American thing that you bring up is I don't know I don't want to like speak on anything controversial and I don't know <laughs> if this is like something traumatic that they do um but I do think there's like something toxic in the way that they raise us like they obviously love us to death but I think there's something toxic in the way that they raise us where like they make us it's all it's like even if we are conscious of like they're not the best parent it's like we almost feel guilty to not help them it's like even if they don't say anything to make us feel guilty it's like we almost just call, like subconsciously be like we're bad kids if you don't help them you know what i mean and i think that goes for not just asian americans but like anybody who is like in a multiracial or a multicultural like environment and which also is another thing i wanted to say i know i talked to you off i'm so sorry um, go for it but, like, i love it also really hard growing up like Asian American or 
ex-American just because it's like um, you're growing up with two different cultures and it's like with like using Asian culture as an example because we're Asian um, having that like strict culture that's strict and you know that very like Asian-esque culture with like the very free-flowing um, carefree like American culture it's like super hard to like kind of find your identity but also kind of find like a middle ground between the two where you like have freedom but are also okay with being like controlled by your parents you know what I mean it's like this super confusing like like push and pull like tug of war within yourself um growing up and like even in in these kind of years where you're in adulthood you're kind of like in this tug of war of like not knowing what culture you resonate more with and what culture you agree more with you know what I mean which don't necessarily have to be the same so that's I think those are just like things that people who are growing up in like a blank American household like if they're in a multicultural household have to kind of understand or kind of think about um, because sometimes um, although I hate white people like um ethnic people can also be quite toxic in the way they raise their like family members yeah definitely i mean i like i i will always like acknowledge this but like growing up as like both of us we we kind of like have to be we had to have two identities, our Asian American identity and our full on Filipino identity. And they yeah. really can't coincide at the same place. And what's really difficult about it is because you go to school and then you have all these like thoughts and ideologies, like this inclusivity to just like accept everybody, to accept, um, you know, who you love and like who you're friends with. and. You know, we, we live in California. We're very liberal. Whereas, like, at mm-hmm. home, sometimes, sometimes there can be a little blur in that. And if you expose yourself with these progressive American thinking, sometimes you can risk um, dissatisfying your parent, which is so mm-hmm. hard because they can be toxic. And, and like, and it, vice versa, I feel like sometimes the toxic kind of views that your ethnic side has kind of bleeds through in your American conversations and there's like a lot of unlearning you have to do it's like is, is it wrong I don't know why I thought this was wrong like when, especially when it comes to like racism and stuff like that and like religion it's like you have to realize like um, you have to unlearn like no these kinds of people aren't bad or these kinds of people aren't this stereotype that the kind of ethnic group that you're in kind of have those stereotypes of those people and it's like you have to like teach yourself like no i know better than this like this uh this is wrong this is stuff like that and then with that you risk arguing with like your family because they have those those like misconceptions or those preconceived like stereotypes you know what i mean yeah yeah no couldn't have said it better myself and like you know even if our at least in my experience even if our parents are learning you know, some sometimes like they like they say something that is like definitely not something that you should say to anybody, and you're and you just mm-hmm. kind of have to be like, mom, 
don't say that ever to yeah. anybody outside from this home. And she'll be like, why? And I'm like, okay, this, 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 that. And then she learns. But then she kind of yeah. like mixes it a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah. And like, I think that's like also a really nice part of being like um, ethnic American and like Asian American is like, you get to teach them. And I think, I think those kinds of parents and family members are super important. The ones who like want to learn. Like just the, like a couple months ago, I just, I taught my aunt why it's okay for black people to say the N-word and why it's okay for gay people to say the F-word even though they don't want other people saying it. And like, she was open ears and she she listened to me and she understood why, like what what it meant to like take back the power of a slur, you know what I mean? And like kind of understand that. And so I feel like it's really important to have family members who are like, open to learning about it and like understanding these like new social um things that that people are starting to understand yeah and isn't it amazing when their world expands and it's like chef's kiss yeah and like that's why i think like i I really appreciate you know all about that like people like my aunt like i really appreciate like members of, of ethnic families who like, and I knew they grew up having these, like, oh, like, like he's black, like, you know, that's, they have, like, this comment <laughs> about them, or, or he's, like, this race, like, they're, you know, blah, 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 it's, like, it's, like, you know that they grew up with those around them, and yet they still are, are open to listening, which is something, like, you, that's all you can really ask for in a uh, world that's, like, slowly becoming more accepting. Yeah. And and sometimes sometimes it's a little bit laughable too because it's kind of kind of like oh I can't believe you think about that like that's your thought because like I remember when I had my first boyfriend and he was like half white I remember like either of my parents were like colonizer and I'm like mom mom I mean mom yeah no <laughs> stop no it's not that and then I have to like school people school them about it but um, but other times it's also kind of like okay, I really, really need to school you right now because I never want to, I would never want you to carry these stereotypes. But it's also mm-hmm. very risky because the tradition is so thick, you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely play, like, you pick your battles and you know, you know your family members more. So it's like, like, educate those who you know are willing to be educated. Right. there's definitely going to be a, there's definitely going to be a, like a lump sum that like just no matter what you say no matter what you do they're just not going to get it through their school so it's definitely like it's a it's definitely like a pick your battles kind of thing yeah you know if they're willing to learn they're willing to learn and that's when you can school them but then you then we also have to like acknowledge that like usually the older generation once they're tapped into something there's no going back like that's it period yeah you know, you can't help anybody that doesn't want to be helped. Um, yeah, exactly. But then we also have to to like realize that at least in in my experience, like of that fear of like going home to that very kind of strict toxic Asian household is that we we experienced it hard when we were in our teenage years, and we still experience it now. But at least we can better manage it, you know. Yeah, and I feel like we've definitely per, like learned a really good like way to navigate through all of that 
Definitely. And if I remember correctly, that part three of just kind of like having to take care of everybody and wanting to be free. I wish that one day like you and I are like free from like all our like familial responsibilities because as much as like we care for them and we want to support them in the future, we also have to care about our dreams and aspirations and sometimes they coincide and they don't go mm -hmm. in the same path. So I hope that wherever you go, you achieve what you want. Oh my god, same for you. And again, like, this isn't to say, like, oh, like, you know, fuck our families from then on. They got their own, like, yeah, like, you know, like, it's not to say that. Like, we're still going to support them. We're still going to be there for them. And, like, I plan on being still that shoulder that, like, my family relies on because I feel like they definitely need it. Especially, like, my mom. Like, I feel like a lot of people rely on my mom and my I'm, like, the one of the only people my mom can rely on. So I definitely want to still be there. It's just, learn. I feel like it's really important for us to take time to just learn how to be our own, how how it is to just have ourselves rely on us. Like nobody else you know. And then we can go back and be like, okay, now I can like help you, but now I know how to set a boundary of like, this is me, this is for me, this is, I'm going to do this for me, and then I'm going to help you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, definitely, it's just like learning how to put yourself first. Definitely. Which is, I feel like, something ev like everyone should learn. For sure. And I also feel you on the... <laughs> I'm not interested in dating right now. <laughs> right? Like, I just... I feel like um, quarantine has put everyone in a place where it's like... I just kind of noticed everyone's very um, hungry or like attention <laughs> uh, like attention or hungry mm. or like a relationship and I, I like you can't blame them it's like quarantine has been really really lonely and so I don't blame them um but I think it's also I was telling Julian this it's also different for being like gay and like dating because dating life is definitely different and I told Julian like I and you know this about me too I don't watch anything <laughs> unless it's gay media like unless it's a gay show unless like it's a, I only watch like movies that, about like being queer or like queer documentaries and stuff like that um, queer romantic comedies all that stuff like I only watch gay stuff I only read gay stuff and so um, I've kind of curated this like world in my head of like and I think this plays a big part into why I'm like not really into dating right now is because I've like curated this world in my head that's like all gay and so sometimes when i'm like when i'm in like and that's like my at-home world where like i'm just by myself and like like personal because like that's all i'm exposed to like gay youtubers like it's like every like people i follow on instagram all gay people i follow on twitter like all gay like obviously i'm on gay tiktok like it's everything <laughs> i'm surrounded by is just like gay and it's, it's not necessarily about being gay but it's just like everybody that i follow or or exposed to is gay. Gay. <laughs> so it's like I have this like this world curated in my head as like everyone's gay, and I told you like it's always surprising when like someone will like slip through my Instagram and they're straight, and I'd be like, wait, wait, why? And I like, I have to remind myself it's like this sounds really stupid, but I have to remind myself like oh my god, straight people do exist. And I think that's what makes it hardest because I'll go out into the real world 
And like, although I'll think boys are cute, I'll never actually think I have a chance with any of them. Just because even if any of them were gay, it's kind of like I've separated the two worlds. And like the real world is just like, oh, everybody in this world is straight. So whenever I go into public, I never like, although I'm like, oh, that guy's cute. Like, I never actually think anything is going to happen because I just always think they're straight. And so I think that plays a big part in why I'm like not really interested because first of all, I have to learn that there are actually gay people out there. But I also like, I also kind of like the idea of like not wanting like be in a relationship. And like the idea of like, I was like, even if there were gay people out there, like I don't need them. <laughs> and I, I kind of like that. It's like a really, it brings me a lot of peace. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I I see what you mean by that because realistically, it is very hard to differentiate a gay person and a straight person sometimes. And sometimes you kind of have that idea like, okay, maybe you are. But the thing is, is that you don't have to be super feminine to be gay, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people kind of need to learn, you know? Just because this guy is very feminine doesn't mean that he's gay, nor is he straight, you know? And yeah. I, I kind of struggle finding girls sometimes. Like I don't like using yeah. dating apps. I really don't. Like I love spontaneity oh, and just kind yeah. of like finding people and like, I know this is cheesy, but like I would love to like have like a coffee shop romance. Just like, oh, hey, I like that no, book yeah. you're reading. Something organic. <laughs> yeah. Something organic, you know, that's not like, oh, I, I, I like met you because I looked for you. Um. And there's nothing wrong with people who like fly their significant others and like dating apps and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, and that's another thing is like, I don't have that, like, I feel like a lot of gay people are like, they see a cute guy and they're like, oh, he might be gay. It's like, I don't have that. It's like, I literally, um, I see a guy in person, I think he's cute, but like, even if he like outright flirts with me, it doesn't even cross my mind. Which is what, why I feel like it makes it so much easier to, like, be disinterested in, like, romantic relationships in real life, because I don't need that. <laughs> um, dating apps in the, gay, in the gay scene is so different. I feel like if people think straight people only hook up in, in, in apps, then it's, like, ten times worse in gay, in gay culture. Like, apps are... Yeah. And even if you meet someone organically, almost anything in gay culture is, like, hookup. It's, like, hookup culture, and I hate it. Because I'm not one to hook up. I, I'm too shy for that. Um, and I'm too, <laughs> I feel like I'm too much of a romantic for that. I, I, I can't. I can't, I can't handle it. And like, whatever. Like, I'm a sexual being or whatever. <laughs> oh my god, ew. Um, but, like, <laughs> no, Jay, I feel that. <laughs> yeah, like, me and you bond. Me and you have bonded over that. Like, how, you know, like, I, I, I'm not gonna sit here and lie. Like, I genuinely enjoy sex. Like, I like you know like the idea of it Mm -hmm. um but as much as i like that i don't think i could give it to someone i'm not invested in romantically or who's who's not romantically invested in me yeah yeah so i'm actually like done hooking up with people (laughs) that's something i have to tell you did you ever did you ever have like a hookup phase Yes, but we're not. Gonna, <laughs> um, we're we're not going to talk much about. No, I'm not going to cut it out. It's it's reality. Like I did have like <clears throat> a hookup phase, yeah, but that's like all in the past now. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I'm looking for something kind of serious because I'm just kind of like done with playing games and I don't have time to, you know, like, um, I don't have time to mess around with people that's going to like hurt me. Uh-huh. You know, and I think that was kind of like my thing back then because uh, unfortunately we do have that, um, we do everybody has that certain thing where it's like we resonate with things that we're used to and i'm done with temporary things like i want something meaningful and long lasting and that's my reason for not dating because the only time that i will date is if i see that we have a future and a potential you know and i i I don't mean to be like okay i'm not gonna date you because i don't see that right now but it's more like i'm focusing on my career and how my perceptions of myself yeah. and I don't think I'll be a very great candidate for you if you just want to play like games you know yeah and again this isn't to say like we're closed off to the idea it's just we're not going to actively seek it and we're it's just not like one of our main priorities but if like anything ever does come along then it's like yes know? yeah and like definitely my uh, my like I remember in high school people asked me like oh what's your what's your ideal type i had like smallness you know and then as like it started growing slow like smaller and smaller honestly like i think the one thing that i i honestly look for now obviously is like i want to keep boy like someone i'm attracted to but also there's someone who really really likes me i think that's the one thing i look for like someone who i know really really likes me because i know i'm gonna love them more in a relationship and i kind of want the security of like like I know they like me. I know they're in love with me, kind of thing, you know. So I think that's like the probably the only time that I'll probably ever be convinced is if like a cute boy sh- like proves to me that he really, 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 really likes me. Maybe. Honestly, you know, I I know that you're gonna reach it. It's just not now because I I feel I think that everybody has this notion of like okay I'm so single like I'm I have to find somebody I need somebody it's like no it's not true it's just that nobody really notices that we do have a thing called a future mm-hmm. and whoever is there is there and if whoever's not there right now is somewhere yeah and that was kind of like the case for my uncle who you know was a closet gay person and it wasn't until he like moved to like Silicon Valley did he find a partner and he's already like in his like I believe mid or late 30s and like people were just kind yeah no people were just kind of like who's taking your photos who's like who's making you look aesthetically pleasing and then my mom talked to him and we were we got the tea and we were like oh so that that um roommate is not just a roommate huh I love that for him. Yeah, no, and, and like, that's the thing, you know. It's like we're so young, we're still trying to navigate life. We're we're too busy to date, mm-hmm. and it's not to say that we're not responsible to carry a relationship. It's more like if you don't have one now, they're out there, but you got to focus on yourself as well, and don't feel mm-hmm. bad that you don't have anything. Oh yeah, and I think that was one thing I did learn through that is like. But, like I was so sad. I was like for for a small portion because I, I like didn't care if I had a boyfriend, and then for a small, very small portion, which I think twenty twenty did affect me. Um, I was like, no boo. <laughs> like damn, no boo. <laughs> no quarantine now, boo. I think, I think now I'm learning again. Like, girl, who needs a boo? I'm like, I'm who needs good. a boo? You yeah, need a sugar daddy. 
Um, but I am happy that everyone around me is getting into like relationships. I think that was it. Everyone around me started getting into relationships, and I was like super sad about it. But I was like, why am I sad about it? Because of myself, when I can just be happy that they're in these like supportive, loving relationships. So I'm super happy that all people around me are like finding love, and it's good on them. <laughs> and I don't need it as long as I can, as long as I see love around me. I don't need it. To, like I don't need to like have it. I have it like with people like this kind of friendship or like with family and stuff like that you know like I do have love regardless so just things you learn yeah definitely it's like you it's definitely like a mental uh environment where you just kind of have to be like okay don't feel bad that you're not in a relationship but like also like support others that they are in one and that you know you're very happy that they're happy but sometimes at least in my experience I'm like Sometimes I'm the only person in my friend group that is not dating anybody and I'm just like the seventh wheel. <laughs> yeah, that's when it's like stings and then it sucks even harder when you're like hanging out with them and you're like and you see them do all this stuff and I have like I'm I'm in my head a lot. So whenever I see like couples do stuff or relationships do stuff, I was like how would I react if that was me in that like situation? I feel like thoughts like that get um thoughts like that kind of make you even sadder and make you feel like you're like the seventh wheel you know what i mean it's like you know you learn like um how to be okay with yourself and that's another thing it's like you you grow and that's like another part of like being by yourself and like growing by yourself it's like and like the independence that we were talking about learning to be okay with yourself and i think i'm okay by myself i think i think i'm okay with being just me you know right and i like you for who you are and i'm happy that you reached that i'm also content with just being by myself but i'm also like not content with the idea of being alone forever which is why like i said to myself i'll make an effort to just kind of like you know date and find somebody but like not so much where i'm like dying over it you know yeah I see I've grown to the point where I don't care if I'm alone forever. Romantically. I don't think I'll ever be alone. Like I I'll, I'll always have you guys. Um, but I I feel like I'm okay in a place where I'm like romantically. I I'm okay with knowing I'm in a place of like romantically being forever alone. I'm like that's fine. <laughs> And that's absolutely amazing, but I also like acknowledge that you're I think the problem and not even a problem is that you you say that you kind of are in this place where you feel like you're in a rut you know like you realistically jay you do have this like self-loathing thing about you and i do, i don't oh, blame yeah, you definitely. because there's yeah <laughs> yeah and i don't blame you because there's so many things that happen in your life and the valley is so boring but i also think that you're not fit for the valley because you're more otherworldly than this Hence why oh you need God. to travel. So no, it's not a sweet thing. I actually like think this is the truth like, about no, you, you as a person. Bitch. No, it's not a problem. Listen to me. <laughs> listen to me. Listen to me. I think you need to get out of here and go to that Asian country you want to stick to, or any country because this place is boring. Get out of here and maybe no, yeah. your niche, your boo, whoever. Not that it matters. You don't need a boo, but hypothetically, let's say. They're not here. Yeah, yeah, and you're you're right. The valley, I'm one hundred percent sure the valley has like so much to do with it. Also, I think I'm I feel like I'm okay with it 
because I've never been on like a date. I never had a kiss or like had like like my first time. So it's like there's nothing for me to long because I've never had I've never experienced it. You know, it's like there's nothing for me to like. Oh, I want that because I don't even know how it is. So I feel like that's like another reason why like it's so easy for me to say like, oh yeah, I'm okay with that. Ah, it's like you you don't know the experiences yet. Yeah, because I've never yeah because I've never experienced it so. Like of course I'm content with it because I've never had it. Mhm. Right. I just know like the I- how it feels like the ideas of it. Exactly. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like those those like sex monsters that are like once you've like had sex it's like you have to have it every single other week. <laughs> But yeah. it's like no, that's kind of like toxic at that point. But I I I see where you where you stand with that. And just kind of like the idea of like you're not looking for a partner, that's absolutely fine. And whoever is listening, if you're not looking for anybody, if you don't want anybody, that's so good. That's so fine. Yeah, life isn't supposed to be romantic. Exactly. And if something comes along, like obviously, don't be opposed to it. Um, romance is—it's a weird thing, and it'll—I feel like it'll come with time if it's gonna come, you know. But I think I think the main takeaway is just like love yourself. Period. Yeah. Because to be honest, that's sometimes sometimes that's all you need. <laughs> And if you're in the valley, get away from the valley. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Just just like you, the valley is where people used to go in the 80s to get away from the crime in downtown LA and now it's completely shifted. People want to get out of the valley because this is where people retire. <laughs> Oh yeah. So the, the main takeaway: love yourself and get out of it. And um, by doing so, by loving yourself, you're gonna get yourself out of it. <laughs> exactly. And uh, get a Starbucks for the ride, and maybe oh Jay God. will be there. <laughs> maybe I'll be there. Yeah, but actually, Jay, we've already exceeded. You know what? Uh, who am I kidding? We've exceeded one hour, and that's fine. Screw forty-five minutes. Our conversation was everywhere, and it was perfect. Please, yeah, please, you can cut out so much of it because I know I talked for so long, and I talked a lot. So please, cut out as much as you want. <laughs> um, if you want to insert yourself talking, like if you want to add any thoughts, <laughs> cut out my Stop. thoughts. Please do. Um, cut out everything you need to like. If you want it to only be like forty-five minutes, like please, like you can just cut out. You could just put in all the pieces that you felt were the most interesting. Like my feelings won't be hurt. I'm like we talked for two hours and she only put forty-five minutes. Like I'm not gonna care. So put put like the put like the highlight of the forty-five minutes, which again, like maybe the things I talked about were a little bit boring. So I'm sorry. Shut up! No, it's not boring. This this podcast is dedicated to authenticity, and I'm gonna stick to it. You know, but you are the first person that I've ever said like, oh, if if like you want to maintain that it's 45 minutes, you can cut out anything. I love that. Thank you so much for respecting me. <laughs> yeah, if you want to cut out anything, girl, cut it out. <laughs> I'm just I'm happy we've had this conversation. I mean, don't delete any of the clips. I feel like this is like a nice conversation to like yeah. have, and we'll like we'll look back on it. And we'll be like, oh my god, do you remember we talked about that? Um, but cut out anything you want for your um for your podcast. If you want to keep it 45 minutes, just get like a highlight reel of like the best 45 minutes you thought we had in the conversation. Always gonna be like, yeah. 
heads up to everybody that's listening. Um, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to keep everything in or most things no! in. So, <laughs> But anyways, anyways. I better see a 45 minute um, long episode, Ian. Fuck that. But anywho, my last question for you is if you have any final notes, comments, concerns that you just want to like let out there for anybody who's listening. Um, you are an amazing creator. Um, uh, this is really no. fun. This is such a fun <laughs> no. experience. This, this is, is such a meant. fun experience. <laughs> um, and. I know I'm a bit boring, and a lot of people are probably listening to me. But if you are listening, thank you for listening to my thoughts, to our thoughts. <laughs> and uh, thank you, just thank you all around, to you, to anybody listening, to everybody, just for, I don't know. Um, I feel like sometimes I live in my head a lot. So getting these thoughts out and like having people listen to them and like actually care about what I'm saying, it like means a lot. That is so sweet. And you are so humble. I love you. <laughs> oh my god, not even. But this was such a fun experience. Gian, best creator. Um, number one podcast, Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you everybody for listening. Be kind to yourself. Don't be no fool. And thank you again. Oh, and stay safe. Wear your mask, fools. <laughs> Alright. Yes. See you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>